what's been interesting for me out here when I came out to LA is like I started playing in churches and doing church gigs and for that it's like you know you've got to be ready to go really quickly be able to recall the song and just start playing whenever you know they're ready for you and I think that's what makes drummers really good is like drummers are able to do that really quickly yeah totally recall a song go from one street into another even recall a song while they're playing the one before <laughs> yeah, yeah and you know and there's a real skill in that so yeah I, I like to memorize and like get the get the songs learned like that as much as possible before rehearsals hello welcome back to the keys coach podcast my name's adam and if you play piano then you're in the right place this is the podcast where i sit down with piano keys and synth players from all over the world and talk about their life in music Today we're chatting with the amazing Danny McGinley. She's originally from London, but now based in LA, she has worked with so many artists, including Marina, James Bay, Demi Lovato, and she is currently on tour with Nal Haran. In this conversation, we talk about why the chord Kronos is Danny's go-to keyboard, why recording yourself can be a complete game changer for speeding up the learning process. We talk about what Danny practices, plus we also talk all things guitar and lots, lots more. I really enjoyed this conversation. It's jam-packed with so many insights on what it's like being a session keys player at the top of their game. I can't wait for you to hear this one. Before we dive in, we have been releasing a bunch of new content over on Instagram and the YouTube channel is up and going as well. So if you're looking for some lessons and tutorials on the piano, hands-on practical tips, head over there at The Keys Coach and check them out. There are a bunch of downloads and PDF lesson books, all completely free. Go and check them out. There's lots more coming in the future. I'd also love to hear from more of you who are listening to this podcast. Do get in touch. You can email me, adam at thekeyscoach.com. I'd love to hear your guest suggestions. And I'm also starting a new feature where I'm going to be putting some listener questions to the guests on the podcast. So if there's something you'd like to ask about what to practice, something about harmony, setup gear, anything at all to do with keys playing, send it over and it may well be featured in an upcoming episode. I want to start putting your questions to these amazing guests. So get in touch. Okay, let's dive into it. Here is the conversation I had with the wonderful Danny McGinley. Danny, thanks so much for coming on. Really great to see you. Thank you for having me. Good to see you too. I interviewed a few months ago Louis Carell, who mm-hmm. I know you play with a lot as part of Nile Haran's band. So yes. um, yeah, he said loads of amazing great things about you and I was like, oh, I've got to get you oh. on. So um yeah, how long He's have you been doing uh, Nars Band now? Has it been a, a little while? Well, I um, so I joined uh, last year, early last okay. year. Um, we did rehearsals in March, and that was yeah, we were, uh, me and um, another girl from from the states, Emily Kahavi. She's on violin. She, uh, we were we were both brought on for um, this uh, Nars recent campaign. Amazing, um, yeah. I've been checking out some of the videos. There's one at the big weekend and stuff. It sounds amazing. Yeah. And I think it's, it's so cool having two keys players as well. I know. Um, how does that work with you and Louis? What kind of roles do you each take? So really, so I'm kind of playing orcs keys. So I'm doing all the secondary sort of stuff. So a lot of synth right. stuff. He's he's taking all the main pianos and roads and stuff like that. I'm playing a lot of organ as well. Okay. So a lot of organ, a lot of synths. Um, and a lot of BVs as well on this gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, That's uh, really. Oh, I'm, I reckon yeah. we'll we get into all of that. I think. I mean, what is what's quite nice to do with this podcast is to go right back to the beginning because I think that mm-hmm. can be so kind of formative in people's like musical mm-hmm. development and like how they started yeah. out. So yeah. it'd be great just to hear like what was your first contact with the piano? What do you remember the first time you played? 
gosh. Well, I don't remember the first time I played, but um, my dad is a keyboard player. Oh, okay. Um, so he got me he got me started really early. Um, and there's I, there's videos of me like singing and like playing and you know a super young age. And then and then I think my dad got me lessons like proper lessons when I was like four I want to say four maybe five yeah. with my school music teacher she was also a piano teacher and doing private lessons and right so um yeah I started taking like formal lessons then and um and I got started doing the classical grades that ABRSM classical grades yeah. pretty quickly and uh yes yeah, so I was doing those for a long time but music really for me I really feel like I took on playing for myself when I was about maybe nine, ten, um, I was seeing like artists like Vanessa Carlton and yeah. Alicia Keys coming out and it really inspired me to start playing for myself and like learning those sorts of songs and um, yeah. just sitting down and singing and playing my favorite tunes and stuff like that. It's so funny. A few people on the podcast have said that they like began learning for themselves. And it's kind of yeah. weird because it's like, yeah. <laughs> who are you kind of doing it from? But it's a phrase I use yeah. as well, particularly yeah. when, when I'm thinking about that sort of style of learning. But it's strange, isn't it? How you suddenly go, oh, no, actually, I want to do this. I want to play this yeah. style of music. This is what mm -hmm. I'm really drawn to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember learning like uh, like learning that A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton was so yeah. such like a moment yeah. for me because that was, you know. Yeah, same such a great song so did you kind of continue the classical thing or did that kind of stop and you just kind of thought yeah, actually i'm just I gonna learn of, by ear i kind of i got to grade five and i was just not really i was i love classical music but i'm not i wasn't super passionate about it yeah and then my teacher said well you know you there's the jazz grades too so then i went and did the grade five abrsm and jazz um and then that's when i kind of stopped taking the grades and was just playing really mm. it was i was really into like stevie wonder and discovering like donny hathaway and prince and right yeah was, of course you know i was on a motown trip for a second and you know my dad would get me records like you know like cds for christmas that were like lal mays and don yeah. henley and oh wow so you're exposed to such so much amazing music yeah. from like such a young age that's so yeah. cool yeah yeah pretty eclectic yeah, I just kind of, yeah, I just really took it on for myself. And then I went and I was always involved in like the orchestras and the choirs and school right. and stuff like that too. And then I finished school at 18 and I was, my main subject was music technology. Right. I was really into music technology and I actually got on, onto a degree. I think it was at Kingston for, to do audio engineering, which okay. is really random Yeah, <laughs> when I think about it now um because that wouldn't have been a lot of playing right that would have been like no, purely yeah. like the kind of mixing yeah. the kind of yeah running yeah, the studio exactly. side stuff yeah yeah but then i i deferred it a year i was like you know what i really just need to take a year out and just you know figure out what mm. i'm doing and you know who i am a little bit and i just you know and then my dad was like well one of his singer friends he knew that he knew was working at a school called tech music schools like kim kim chandler and he was like, maybe it'd be good for you to just like, you know, take a year out, but focus on something still. So then I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, we could do, could do that. So I went and did the vocal diploma at Tech for a year. Okay. And then after that, 
it was between doing um, vocals for my uh, degree, either at BIM um, or th that was in North, North London at the time, or um, doing uh, keys mm. and staying at tech. And it was the first year that they had started doing that course. And so naturally I just, yeah, I stayed. I stayed at yeah. tech for another three years and did my degree there um, in keys. And yeah, that was, that was a really, really good time. Really learned about, learned a lot about different genres, playing in different styles. And it was really great meeting people as well. I think that's so important, isn't it? At that at that kind of like age where you're at uni, you just want to be meeting loads of musicians, playing yeah. with them, and kind mm -hmm. of like just learning from each other. Really, you know, yeah. I think that's I think that's I think that's so important. So, were you mainly pretty much working entirely by ear now? Um, I've always worked best by ear. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I do read as well, but um, sight reading. I always feel like. It's funny. I always feel like I'm slightly like dyslexic or something when it comes yeah, to sighting. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been doing it forever, but yeah. but I can look at the same note over and over again and just be like, "What is that?" It, just, it mm. takes my brain just you know a bit longer. But um, yeah, I mean, I read and I like notate you know charts and stuff like that. But yeah, learning by ear is definitely the way I work best. It's interesting, isn't it? For me, there's two ways notation is used it's like you can read it and you have to read it in mm -hmm. real time and be able to play it mm -hmm. or it's also being able to write it down and I'm really really quick at right we're well, not quick like you know I can write it down quite fluently yeah. but as soon as it's like reading it in real time and there's that added pressure of it being either oh, right yeah. or wrong because that's the thing with mm -hmm. reading music suddenly it becomes right or wrong you know the, yeah. <laughs> the exact yes. things that are uh, you know, it's, it's suddenly that added pressure, it just, I, I agree. I think I might be a bit dyslexic with that. I can sort yeah. of do it and I probably sort of doubt myself, but yeah, it's funny. It's f funny how that works. Yeah. Um, so what was the, what was the next kind of stage for you? So you're at, you're at uni kind of studying. How did you, what was the link like between studying at uni and then going out and performing professionally? Well, I started performing professionally. I mean, I, I kind of started pretty young. I, um, I, as, I remember as soon as I got my driver's license, actually, when I was like 16, 17, I think, 17 maybe, my parents were like, right, you can sing and play. We're going to take you around to restaurants and you're going to go in inside and you're going to hustle yourself a gig, basically. You're gonna oh, fantastic. Some gigs. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I did. I had I a quite a similar then. experience, actually, to that. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go and carry on. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So I, that's what I started doing was like going and playing at like Thai restaurants and doing mm. weddings and, mm. you know, just piano bars and things like that. Um, so I started doing that and that carried me through uh, uni um, and then at uni, you know, meeting, meeting all the musicians that are at, you know, at, at the college. I started getting into different cover bands and function bands and stuff. And then it wasn't really until I kind of left uni, kind of not still not really knowing what exactly I was going to be doing. Mm. I was kind of aware of like people starting to like get sessions and, mm. you know, doing pop gigs and all that sort of stuff. But I wasn't really quite sure if that's something that I wanted to do or. But so I think I was like about a year out of uni and the college actually um, got in touch with me saying that there was an MD that got in touch with them. They're looking for, you know, new musicians. And so they put me in contact and that's when I got my first taste of 
the session stuff. And I wasn't even on a keyboard. I was on an iPad. It was like this special right. like advert for a, a phone company that we all know. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, with an artist and to recreate his music on an iPad, which was right. really cool. And you were playing an iPad? Yeah, we were all playing <laughs> iPads. What, like yeah. a keyboard on an iPad, like an app yeah. keyboard app, right? Okay, yeah. I see. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that was fun. That was really yeah, different bet, and fun. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, that same MD um, put me, uh, recommended me for um, an audition for Cher Lloyd, which was then, you know, I got that and that was my first tour mm. in and pop tour and um i just absolutely fell in love with the job and you know programming on synths and and performing live with you know yeah yeah had you done much programming up until that point had that kind of had that side of it come up with the kind of learning and playing or was that was it something you very much had to get together for that gig it, it i was definitely doing it a little bit because i was doing the cover gigs and you know yeah. the function gigs um so i was i, I was definitely aware of like you know, just do simple, like even just the simplest things like splitting, splitting sounds or like stacking them and mm. creating, you know, creating whatever I needed to create to, for a function, you know, strings and whatever. But I wasn't really making a sound from scratch. Right. And that's something that I've definitely learned along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's something that I'm still trying to get even better at. I think it's something that you never kind of it's never no. it's a bit like playing. It's never like, oh, yeah. I can do that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like you're constantly finding new things. Are you doing this all on the board oh, yeah. or is it more kind of in main stage kind of? Uh no, it's all on the board. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, do you yeah. use Nord? No, I use a Chronos. Okay. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. I did see a video of you playing a chord, Krona. Okay, sorry, I yeah. should have known that. What's that behind you? I can't quite see it on the on the camera. Is that... I've got Prophet behind me and then a Kronos down there. Okay, yeah. very nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It's interesting. It's funny to meet someone that isn't, isn't, um, a lot of the people I've interviewed are all like, oh, I'm, I'm like Nord or Roland. It's not, yeah. you know, it's funny. It's, it's good. It's interesting how people have their kind of preferred, preferred yeah. thing. Has it always been like that for you? Yeah. I, I remember when I discovered the Kronos, it was, at shortly after I did that Cher Lloyd tour and I saw it in sound on sound mm. in the magazine. And um, I was like, they had this te- new technology that could, you could change patches and, but still hold, you know, the sound would be held down in, in between changing the patches. And I was, right. and then the whole set list mode on the screen and where you could just, you know, have everything. It was just really intuitive. And I just thought it was really good for, for pop gigs. Mm. and so uh, yeah i got one pretty soon after that and um it's just it's just been absolutely perfect it's just incredible for for doing the stuff that i've been doing and the the detail that you can get into in programming insane and then it has like the three band eqs and all that sort of stuff which is really integral as well do you feel kind of quite all over that the the more tech stuff now do you feel like you're kind of in control of that in that side of it because i know that's something that i i always i stress way more about the tech than i do about the music or is that something now that you're kind of used to and you've probably got a team of people that help you with that in terms of like you know engineers and stuff um i definitely feel yeah i mean i'm i i I feel like i know what i'm doing especially Mm. compared to where where i was in the early days yeah Um, yeah yeah once once it's locked in it's locked in though it's like i don't don't really don't need to worry about it so it's 
you know, whenever a new gig starts, I go into my cave for like a month. Right. And, oh, however long it takes, you know, like programming and, you know, creating everything that I need to create, making sure the gain staging is is correct and all of that sort of stuff. And, and then, um, and then, then once it's set, it's set. So it's really not anything I need to worry about. But yeah, the music is definitely the last thing that <laughs> is, yeah, yeah is thought about for sure. Yeah. There's always, um, always other things going on. So you finished the, you finished the tour with, um, Cher Lloyd. Yeah. What kind of happened then? How did you, how did you kind of maneuver into the kind of session world? Cause I've, I've been reading for your CV. You've played with so many different people. And I think for a lot of people that can kind of seem sort of so alien, the idea that you play with all these different people and how does, mm-hmm. how do they all find out about you and how does that, how does that work? Yeah. You know, could you, could you just explain how you kind of initially got well, started with all these different artists you've played with? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's a good question. I, I mean, I don't really know either. <laughs> it's just kind of, <laughs> just sort of happened. It just all happened. Yeah. It just all yeah. kind of happened. Um, I think I was lucky in that that first MD that I worked with on that iPad gig and then he recommended me for other stuff. He's very, you know, he's an important person in, in, in the scene and he knows a lot of people and it's really just, I've, I guess I've just been lucky in that like people have recommended me and I've met a lot of people along the way. Mm. So yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of how I've come to, work with a lot of different people is just constantly meeting new people creating you know good relationships absolutely um, and and yeah just kind of yeah i think that's funny how it's it's funny how it's word of mouth though isn't it because i think it is word of mouth yeah it's just it's totally that and i think obviously it's just about being really reliable being a really nice Mm -hmm. person and all those all those kind of things and and you know turning up on time and all these kinds of things and i think doing a good job Doing a good job, you know. Being pleasant to be around for, you know, however long the tours are. and Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, of course. How do you find the whole touring lifestyle? Is it something that you kind of naturally gravitate towards? Do you kind of like that going around to different places? I do. Yeah. 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 I really love, I really love it. Um, obviously, I've been doing it for a long time now and I really don't, it doesn't get old. Yeah. I have friends that are like, oh, you know, I'm over it. I'm, you know, I'm over 30 or whatever, however old. And like, mm. just want to, you know, just be in one place. And But for me, it's just, it's just not, I just, I love it. And I love the performing aspect as well. Yeah. Where's your, where's your favorite, where's your kind of favorite place you've been to recently? Do you have like a place where you're like, oh, I can't wait to go there on this tour? Yeah. You know what? Last year we went to, um, Budapest. Oh, wow. Okay. That was my first time there. And I feel like I've really been sleeping on that city. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Really, I haven't been to Budapest. really cool. Yeah. I would recommend it for sure. Really, really interesting. And we had a couple of days off and we went to, um, these, um, uh, uh, what do they call them um like uh it's like spas but with like like natural spring springs oh okay yeah 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 and stuff so the the water's really good for you and yeah the architecture is just absolutely beautiful Mm. so that's that's definitely a a a city that i would love to go back to yeah 100 percent. yeah i need i need to do more part of that that kind of part of the world i want to you know there's so many interesting places all around there i've been to like Mm -hmm. um Estonia before that was pretty cool oh, okay. I went there I when it was there. absolutely freezing and uh, yeah 
that that came had quite a big impact like it was it was so so cold I just remember like being so snowy oh and like <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually take enough thermals with me so it was just like oh, anyway geez. but yeah did you yeah. go in the summer to Budapest was that yeah we were yeah okay nice yeah, yeah that's 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 probably the time to go hi it's Adam here I just want to quickly interrupt the podcast to ask you a very small favor if you're getting lots of value from these conversations and want to stay up to date with all our latest episodes please do subscribe to the keys coach wherever you get your podcasts this means that you can continue to hear these great conversations and you'll be notified each time a new episode comes out and if you're feeling even more generous please do consider leaving us a review this helps others to discover the podcast and join this community thank you so much for your support hit that subscribe button let's get back to the conversation So you've performed with so many different people over the years. One thing I'd love to ask you is how do you go about learning a set of music for that artist? Because obviously there's so many different parts of learning that artist's music. There's like the programming side, there's the mm -hmm. actual learning the music side, mm -hmm. even before you get to any rehearsals. So what mm -hmm. does that process look like for you? Um, so I'd usually, 99% of the time you get, I'll get the stems through from, right. from the MD and maybe some notes as well about like what he would rather me play or they'll send through the stems and I'll figure out what what makes sense what's the most obvious thing to play and usually it's mm. usually it's pretty obvious you know it's mm. it, only on Nile where it, where we've got two keyboard players it hasn't quite been so yeah I'll go through I'll go through all the stems figure out which part I'm going to take I'll program that part get the get all the programming dialed in and then um and then practice it but when i'm practicing what i do is i record myself oh okay and then i hear myself back yeah so so in doing that it's it's really been a quite a big game changer for me it's sped up the process of the learning a huge amount and even just having my own mixes that i you know i can reference when when i'm not able to sit at the, at the keyboard and actually physically do it if I'm on a plane yeah. or traveling whatever I'm always able to listen to to my own mixes that I've made with like the keys up a little bit right you know, okay. so I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, hearing everything sense. yeah so that's kind of what my process has been as of late just getting to the point where I can just the programming's locked in the parts are locked in and I'm just shedding it and listening having all my all my up mixes ready in my Dropbox, yeah. like ready to go. All ready to go. Yeah. No, totally. That that makes sense. I mean, are you, when, when you're learning the actual nuts and bolts of the music, are you making mm -hmm. kind of charts for that? Or are you just yeah. literally going, is it going in orally? No, I always make charts first. Okay. Yeah, that's Before the Before even thing any I of the do. programming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll chart out the song first, um, you know, write out any, any hits or anything that are in there. And then I'll, I'll, I'll get onto the programming and if there's any particular part, any specific lines that I'm playing, I'll write those out as well on, on my lead sheets and right. Um, yeah. So that's interesting, isn't it? To go back to notation for that, isn't it? Yeah. It's, inter it's interesting. I'm, I'm so like that. I do make a chart for it because I think it's just, I think when you learn something completely by ear, sometimes you can kind of change it very slightly in your mind yeah, and it exactly. gets into quite sort of yeah. bad mm -hmm. habits with that. Yeah, because I do find when, when I'm, say, in the middle of a tour or something like that and I go back and I have a look at, just have a glance at those charts and I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's actually, you know. 
Yeah. It's not pushed there. It's on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or think just things like that. Little small little details. Another little, one I do yeah, is that exactly. I, I will, uh, like for example, if it was a, like a major triad or something, I might like over time that might become a major seven triad, and mm-hmm. then when I go back, yeah. or like I might add, ex, you know, it's like piano players are so guilty of this kind of stuff, aren't they, of adding extra harmony? But yeah. I go back to it and it's like, oh wow, actually no, it is just an it, that is just act- should mm-hmm. actually just be that kind of um, yeah, yeah, exactly. be that be that original triad. Yeah. And what's your what's your process for getting it off the page? How do you kind of get it so you don't have to play it with the iPad or with the sheet? What's your kind of how do you do that? If I mean, it's pretty quick for me. Um, once I've once I've programmed everything and I'm shedding it, I I mean I'll probably like play it like four or five times, looking at the chart, and then I'll mm. slowly put the chart away and try and play through it. Or, you know, be playing through like a few songs and go from song to song and try and recall, be able to recall those songs without looking at the charts. Um, really, it's just practice like that. that just going over and over that gets and over me there. Yeah. yeah, just going over it until, until, it's, until it's in there, and, which really doesn't take very long. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really, it's the hardest part, I think, is actually recalling it and... It, what's been interesting for me out here is I started when I came out to LA is like I started playing in churches right. and doing church gigs. And for that, it's like, you know, you've got to be ready to go really quickly, you know, be able to recall the recall the song and just start playing whenever, you know, they're they're ready for you. And I think that's what makes drummers really, really good is like drummers are able to do that really quickly. Uh, yeah. Totally. Recall a song, go from one straight into another, even recall a song while they're playing the one before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and there's a real skill in that, being 100%. able to do that. So, yeah, I like to, I like to, I like to memorize and like get the, get the songs in, learn like that as much as possible before rehearsals. Yeah. And then I guess you can just go into the rehearsal and you're so much more confident as well because you really know the oh, material. Yeah. How, how long does that process take really from kind of getting through, sent through the stems to being ready to go to the rehearsal? Give us some kind of idea of what that length of time might be. It really varies. I mean, it just depends on, on the gig. I mean, like I've had some gigs where I've had a couple of months to get ready. Right. And I've had some gigs where it's been like, here's the music we're in in five days or, yeah. you know, yeah, it really, it really just depends. But I always try, just try to make sure that no matter what that first rehearsal, I'm basically 99% like ready to play the show. Yeah. You know, I'm it's not, com- yeah. I'm not going into rehearsals, like still learning. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm there that first performance in quote marks, like with the artist in the rehearsal is, the first performance, basically. Hundred, yeah, I get that. You just want to be, you just want to be as confident as possible, so you can mm-hmm. really focus on making it as good as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I guess one of the really hard things as well is when you're, because I've, I've been checking out your Instagram as well, and like it mm-hmm. seems that you're playing with so many different artists at the same time as well. You might go and do one gig for this person, then go back to this gig, and yeah, obviously yeah. you're having to hold all that music in your in your head, and is is that something right. that? Like, what, do you have any kind of like revision, not like revision, but like refreshing techniques to kind of da- re-download all their songs? I mean, how, how does that work? Um, so that really that's where, where my, my recordings come into play. Okay. And they're quite instrumental is that like, if I'm on one gig and I'm going back to another, 
then I have those recordings that I made with like all my keys up mixes and like my BVs, like, you know, and I, I can just like listen to those and very quickly it will come back. Yeah. And then of course I'll have like practice time and before going in with the artist and, you know, to, to refresh everything and, and yeah, re-download. It's funny, isn't it? It's like so much of being a musician is about your memory as well. And I Mm. think like, you know, Mm -hmm. that's often quite an overlooked thing, I think, is like what a really good memory, like strategies for like remembering stuff. And we just kind of go, oh, I just remember it. But like, I'm always so interested to find out what people's processes are. And that's really interesting that you have those recordings, because I think that Mm -hmm. it kind of takes you straight back there and you can hear yourself playing with it rather than Mm -hmm. going listening to the original track again you've got your parts in there really loud and yeah exactly yeah it just kind of triggers the mind yeah yeah and the original tracks like are sometimes you know the live arrangements will sometimes be different to the original tracks as well so it's really really useful to have those and yeah just remember all the details yeah hundred yeah i i I totally get that how do you find playing with uh, a click is that something that you've you've always been kind of really strong at or is it something you had to learn um, I, uh, I don't remember ever that there are really being, um, a learning curve with it. I think I was always, always good with it. And yeah, I like it. I mean, it's, you know, it keeps everyone together and it's, I feel like for what, for the, for what I do, it's not really always, it's not really a choice. Mm. It kind of has to be there to keep everyone together, to keep the visuals with the music so the time code and all of that stuff there's you know it's just the thing that kind of keeps the show yeah the shoot the show flowing. going basically yeah yeah the time where i always get really nervous playing with a click is i, I don't get like it's, it's not a problem when it's a full band but when it's just yeah. me and a click yeah playing something that yeah. is that's like a different level because it's like you've got to actually make sure because when so much stuff's being triggered you know it's um yeah, that's a, yeah, that's always a, that, a slightly different level. Definitely, definitely. And that is where I do kind of notice it is when I am just playing, you know, solo with the artist, just piano, mm. vocal. It's I'm I find myself focusing more on the click than the vocalist. Yeah. Or the yeah, song. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just which can then become quite I guess mechanical. No, I I I've I've definitely found that and I sometimes when you're thinking when you think about the click, it actually is more damaging than just yeah. like playing and it, yeah. do you know, do you know just like mm-hmm. it going in yeah. subconsciously and it's like, it's just something that's there. If you try and, it's almost like trying to think about like crossing your arms. It's like when you try and think about what goes where, it all goes wrong. But yeah. like you automatically yeah. just do it when, you, when you're just kind of like in the zone. So yeah, I, that's definitely something something I found. I saw a really cool picture of you with a keytar. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask you about that because I also mm-hmm. have interviewed Tina Heisen, who I think you might know. Uh-huh. And yeah. um, she's, uh, she's a really big one for the keytar as well. So I'd love to ask you about that. When did that come about? And uh, yeah, tell me all about, tell me about the keytar. So I always wanted to add a keytar into a show. I just right. thought it was so, I mean, I mean, some people look at it and they're like, oh, so cheesy, right? <laughs> yeah. But I've always been like, oh, no, it's kind of cool to be able to stand away from the keys and, you know, because we're so locked in to that one position most of the time, you know. So um, I um, I added it when uh, I was going on to, on to a tour with Marina 
she was previously Marina and the Diamonds. Mm. She became Marina for this one. And um, and we were building the show and I was like, you know what? I feel like this might be a good time to add a guitar. I'm yeah, just going to, yeah. I'm just going to get one to bring it to rehearsal, see what happens, you know, just leave it on the side, see what happens, see if they, you know, gravitate towards it or not, you know. And they ended up liking it and it became a, quite a fun, fun little piece at the end of the show uh, to bring out. And we, uh, me and the backing vocalist and Marina would, ended up going, having this whole kind of like choreographed um, routine where we go from one side of the stage to the other. And yeah, it was really cool. It was really, really cool. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny as a keys player, isn't it? You're kind of always rooted in one place when you play the piano mm-hmm. keys. But I think that key yeah. can give you that flexibility. But I guess yeah. also it kind of turns you into more of like a, a performer in like the even wider sense of the world where you're mm-hmm. kind of literally you're just there, you're standing and like probably there's, I imagine there's more yeah, dancing was, involved with that kind yeah. of side of it. Yeah. How, how did you find At all least of that? A little, yeah, at least a little like two step, you know. Okay, two step. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it sort of like changes. It changes your kind of. It definitely changes the vibe for sure as well. Just being, just stepping away from behind, you know. Yeah, it's two, like a kind of shield, isn't it? The boards. key sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly, just being at the front of the stage and everyone's like, you know, looking at you. It, definitely a different vibe. Were you nervous for that, or was it? Did it just sort of come quite naturally in the end? Um, I don't really remember being very nervous. I think I was just excited about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm finally being able to yeah, step add away. this guitar, yeah. I guess guitarists have that all the time, don't they? Because they can yeah. walk about all over the mm-hmm. stage and same with bass. But yeah, I always, yeah. I kind of, yeah, hide behind the keys sometimes. But yeah, that would be, that would be, that would be a pretty cool thing. Were you doing like solos on it or was it more kind of like harmony stuff? No, it was, it was harmony stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think I was playing synth pad and, um, yeah, as far as I remember, that I think that's that's what yeah, that's what it was. Oh, so solo would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, guitar solo that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, it obviously you're singing as well when you're performing with a lot of these artists and doing BVs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a whole thing in itself, having to sync up your voice with actually playing at the same time. And yeah, I know that's something that I've struggled with, and just it. The, the kind of coordination of it but is it how, how have you found that whole that whole process of learning to sing and play at the same time and kind of what strategies do you use so if i feel like it's come quite naturally right so when i when i was a kid and i started getting into like vanessa carlton and nora jones and alicia keys and i'd be playing learning to play their songs on piano i would be singing as well right and then I started um, performing just solo piano and, and, and singing in my school concerts and things like that. And then when I was out doing those, you know, gigs, those restaurant gigs and stuff like that, when I was a kid, I like I would be singing and playing. OK. So it's something that I've done for a long time. Yeah. So doing BVs and playing keys, there's definitely sometimes certain rhythms on the keys that are harder when you're having to sing as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like the kind of like the juxtaposition of what you're singing and what you're playing. Yeah. yeah different rhythmically. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, that's the only time when it's like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm going to have to actually like think about think about this and like mm. divide it up into like, okay, I'm singing singing this rhythm or singing this line, but I'm playing this rhythm. Okay. So let's slow it down and practice it real slow. Start speeding it up. You know, just how you would when you're learning 
like a, yeah. a, a piece on the piano. And yeah, so that's kind of, I mean, I remember um, I always kind of did like BVs with, with artists as well. But when I got asked to do Nile and I, and, and they sent through the music and I realized very quickly that, oh, this is not just a line here or there. This yeah. is really actually quite a heavy BV gig. So then I took on um, a, a vocal tutor. Oh, okay. And I've been taking lessons. Yeah. Um, and he's been really, really helpful. Really Brilliant. helpful. I th- yeah. He's, um, he actually plays guitar as well. He, um, he, he played guitar for um katie perry's teenage dreams tour right um so i yeah with him it was i knew that he would he would know how to approach bvs in terms of from from a from an instrumentalist point of view yeah because it is very different isn't it i think i think one of the things i've 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 sort of found hard a bit like what you were saying earlier is when i'm because if if you're playing chords and you're singing like i don't know a vowel sound or an r or something Mm -hmm. quite often the note you're singing will be in the actual voicing you're playing on piano somewhere Mm -hmm. whether it's in like your right hand thumb or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah but it's when you're trying to sing something that isn't in what you're playing or Mm -hmm. is completely diff is like totally different maybe it's like you're singing a long sound but you're playing a really like I don't know, like high string thing. That's yeah. when I found it really hard, and I, 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 I've tried slowing it down, and that that does kind of make a difference. Yeah. But it's it, it. Then when you go back to do it, it's kind of you've got to start from scratch again. Sometimes I, mm-hmm. I find it can be quite mm-hmm. a. That's definitely something I want to get better at. I think. Yeah, I think it's really just about getting each part. There's a word for it that I'm like blanking on right now. Um, Stable, secure on the. Is it like secure on their own kind of vibe? Yeah, just like knowing it like the back of your hand. So really... Automatic. Yeah. Yeah, it's like reflex. Yeah, yeah you can just automatically mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. 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 So you're not even really thinking about it. Mm. That's how I kind of learn the BVs as well. It's like I learn the BVs like like they're the melody. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so, that's also useful, those strategies, I think, because it's, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely like more and more, I think, as session musicians and instrumentalists, people are required to sing as well. It's just kind of in some yeah. ways it's part part of it now. So anything, anything, any strategies for that are so, so useful. Um, yeah. When you're not performing and you're not, you're not playing live with an amazing artist, which is obviously, I know, a huge amount of your time, but uh, what do you sit down and play? What's your, when you, when you're like at home and it's like, okay, I've got a bit of time between these, between these tours or these gigs, what do you play? What do you work on? What do you practice? Um, I like to play like, I, I honestly, I'll just like bring up like Spotify and I'll just put, put on like my favorite artists so like whether it be like stevie wonder or right you know maybe even like some like joe sample okay yeah stuff like i just and just play along and or like do a transcription of like my favorite solo or right you know some stuff just stuff like that really is what i end up doing um there's i don't really have a particular practice um uh you know like uh Thing that I do like a routine a routine yeah no yeah 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 I don't um because when I'm not when I'm not on tour I'm either like doing you know cover gigs or yeah. I do a lot of like online session stuff as okay. well so um, what does that mean what does it like what do you mean on uh, where you're actually playing keys for a remote session or someone yeah, sent you something to record yeah, keys yeah. so like people will hit me up for like you know can you put lay down some piano for my original song and 
Right, okay. Or keys or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's interesting you go to playing along with recordings though. That's something that I've been doing more of recently and actually mm. it's something that I've kind of, I haven't done a huge amount of in the past, but actually it's the most fun. It's so fun just playing yeah. along with your favourite band. and yeah. I, it's some, it, someone was telling me the other day that they use, and I've started doing this actually, I don't know if you've got the AirPods, yeah, um, mm-hmm. the Apple AirPods, but they've got a transparency mode. And what that oh, means uh, is you okay. can actually mm-hmm. play along with the recording, but have still hear yourself really clearly when you're at like a piano or something. Do you know what I mean? You can nice, kind of hear yeah. it. It's like yeah. a proper kind of stereo thing. And that's something that I've been trying. It's really, really cool. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, for doing that. And you just kind of work out, is it new songs you play and just kind of work it out by ear and kind of develop your ears? Or is it stuff you've kind of heard before? Or is it a mixture? A mixture, really. Yeah. 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 A, a mixture. I mean, I... I you know, even if it's like I love like the like for example the nineteen seventy five as well. Oh, I love the nineteen seventy five. And I'll just yeah. like sit down and like have their album playing, but I'll like jump on the keys and just like you know just hear my way through it and just play along mm. and and yeah, just doing stuff like that. Just anything that's natural and moves the soul. Can I ask why you like the 1975, just like what it is about their music that you, that you like? Because I know, I know why I like them, but it'd just be really interesting to hear what kind of draws you to them. Um, I just, I just, you know, they, I just feel like they have really good songs, really well-written mm. songs. Love a sax solo as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> just yeah. love that texture. Yeah, I just like, I just, I just love, I just love their, their music. I don't, I don't know what it is in particular but i think yeah i just i just think they they have really well written songs really catchy the lyrics are interesting the music the music is is you know all the different textures with the the synths and the pianos and the guitars and it just sounds good to me it does yeah i find i find their music kind of so you like euphoric in so many ways mm-hmm. um yeah it kind of the like you I think it's the combination of the textures and like you say the like the pads and there's this song I've been listening to recently of theirs that I only heard for the first time the other day it's called it's called all I want to hear or all uh, all I need to hear or something uh-huh. um and it's like this amazing like 6/8 kind of ballad but the way that the melody is so simple but then the chords underneath are kind of they don't do what you'd expect them to do in a song mm-hmm. like that. And they just find mm-hmm. really interesting little corners. And I just think, yeah, that yeah. is, it's kind of like, for me, it's just like, the, it's just yeah. amazing pop music, basically. I think it's, yeah. um, I think they're so great. Yeah. I've seen them, I've seen them live a lot as well. And they put on such an amazing show live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had that yeah. amazing set, didn't they? Of like someone's house or something. Yeah. Did you see that in the last tour? Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to go, I need yeah, to definitely go see them really uh, cool. live again. Yeah, yeah, so good. Cool. Well, look, it's been such an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. Um, I'd love to, one, one thing I always ask everyone, is there something you haven't done yet that you're like, oh, wow, I'd love to go and do that? What if, you know, is it like a, is there a particular artist you'd love to work with or a band, maybe the 1975? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> or is um, there, what, what's kind of next for you? What would you love to do? I would love to um, go more into writing into songwriting right um that's something that i've always kind of really wanted to do yeah yeah so i think i think you know that that's definitely something on the bucket list 
you mean do you mean be. writing songs for other people or writing yeah. songs for yourself as an artist yeah i mean either really i mean i've i brought out a couple of songs mm. i used to like i haven't done it for like a long time now but um i think writing for other people would be would be cool would you do you have any kind of idea what style or kind of what kind of sounds or what kind of things you'd like to explore in that i kind of i've, I've always felt like a, a pop piano like ballad has always come pretty naturally to me right okay. um i feel like i can get one of those down pretty well nice um so maybe something like that or like you know in that in that niche or like yeah wicked yeah. no that'd be cool or well, you have to let me know when that happens i'm sure i'm sure it will um yeah it sounds really cool hopefully you never know hopefully yeah 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 hopefully um thank you so much for coming on of course thank you for having me for everyone listening where can they go and um where can they go and see you play well, I mean, to keep updated with what I'm doing, say on Instagram is probably the best place. And then, yeah, we've got a tour coming up this year with Niall. Fantastic. So we'll be out, we'll be busy. That, is that, I think year. Louis was saying that's a super, a super long one. Is that? Is yeah, that like, it is. Yeah. yeah. Where, where are you going in that tour? So kind of all over, really. We're doing UK, Europe in February, March, and then we'll be in Australia, New Zealand in May, and then US in over the summer oh, fantastic. So, yeah kind of all over oh sounds great got an exciting mm-hmm. 2024 ahead yeah, of you um, be, yeah. yeah be very very cool thanks so much for coming on danny it's been such a uh, such a pleasure chatting of course thank you for having me Thanks so much to Danny for coming on the podcast. Sounds like she has an incredible 2024 ahead of her and she's doing so many amazing things. Do go check out her music and see her play live. I've linked her Instagram in the episode description. Don't forget to get in touch with your guest suggestions and questions that you'd like me to put to these amazing guests. You can email me adam at thekeyscoach.com or you can send me a DM on Instagram. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next Thursday. But until then, remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and I'll see you in the next episode.